Father God, we recognize, Lord, your presence here in this place. God, I pray just over the remainder of this service, Father, and just this time, Lord, that we've lifted our voices, God. And I pray, Lord, that truly our, our heads and hearts have been connected and the, the, the words that have come out of our mouth, Lord, that were not just words, but again, Lord, they are praise and worship, Lord, to you. God, we thank you for what you've already done, Lord, in this service as we've lifted our hearts. We praise you for that and just trust you as we, again, move into a time to explore your word together. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated. Well, it's, uh, it is good, again, to be gathered together today, and, and just uh, it's already been a, a wonderful time in the service together today, and I think it is so important that we take moments and we take times to, to spend in prayer, and especially, again, over families and our children. We're trying this lavalier thing. I'm going to tell you, pray for us that it, it works. Uh, I, I, I'm scared enough because my hands go everywhere anyway, and so I usually have a mic just to kind of lock me in. So I'm going to give it a shot and hold tight to this. Funny story, where's John at? Where's John? Where's John? Is he in here? I can't see anything. Huh? Which John? Oh, first John. <laughs> John McCulley. John McCulley. Hey, me and John, we're like kindred spirits. And it was funny, actually, Amanda, who reminded me the other day. I, I forget, we were out to eat. I think it was the elders, and she was still an elder. And uh, we were, she was sitting between me and John, and it was dangerous for her because she's like dipping and dodging as hands are coming up because we talk we're very expressive right John I mean and it's good and so uh, she was like you know like sticking and moving so um, so anyway it's, it's good though to be be here and I'm excited about this uh, series we're going to go into today and again to be able to to share some things and especially over to, uh, today and the next few weeks we're going to be really getting into kind of some nuts and bolts of, of, of who we're, we are as this as Long Grove Community Church and also some direction on where we're going. Um, also, just to share some things uh, that I, I believe God has placed on my heart for our church at this time. And so this sermon series is going to be called Climate Change. And again, we all know, you know that's a buzzword, of course, and it's designed to be get your attention, and it does. But, you know, we talk about climate. There's a climate for everything, right? I mean, um, of course, there's the, the what's happening outside. There's climate. There's, you know, the weather. But oftentimes, uh, whether it's in your, uh, maybe your workplace, right, uh, what your workplace climate is, uh, maybe it's your home and what the, the climate is at home. And, and you know, we're, we're talking about, again, just what the, kind of what it feels like or what, what some certain things are <clears throat> in those places. And so with that, uh, we're going we're gonna to approach that as, as a church as well, that there's a climate here. And I want us to, to just talk about that and explore that a little bit. Um, and so climate, just, you know, the basic definition, if there, if there is one, um, would be the prevailing, prevailing influence of environmental conditions characterizing a group. Did you all know that already, right? Yeah? Um, but it's, it is. It's, it's, so it's, again, this, this prevailing influence or the, the environment that's created, that's, that's in a place. It's, it's the climate. Um, and we talk about, you know, even, even the, the temperature in here, you know, it's, it's the climate. It's... We, we talk about air conditioning is what? Climate control. And so we, can, we try to control the climate and make it a, a certain place for everybody to be comfortable. And so again, understanding what climate is, but for a church though, as, as a church, 
the climate of the church consists, consists of prevailing attitudes and emotions. And so I want you to pause and think about what your attitude and emotion is on a normal basis here at the church. And is that oftentimes what you'll see is when people are, are in a church together, in a, a bod, the, the local body of a specific church, there's kind of a, you see kind of a thread through them, right? It's like, oh yeah, you're, you're from that church. Because I met somebody else and I, I, under, I recognize that. You know, there, there's kind of a similarity and there's some things that carry over. And so again, these prevailing attitudes and emotions. I read uh, recently, and uh, some of what I'll share today came from an article, and it was, it was comparing climate versus culture, right? Because that's another word you hear, right, is church culture. And so understanding that, that those are different, and I think it's, it's helpful for us as, as we, um, again, step into this to understand that. And so, you know, culture is, is what this, this gentleman defined as the church's embedded values, traditions, and beliefs. So that forms the culture of the church. So you have climate and culture, and both govern behavior, but it's to varying degrees, and both can be positive or negative in nature, right? How many have been to a church that maybe it's not the best climate, right? If there's been some hostile things that have happened, maybe uh, a pastor has, has left, or maybe there's, you know, we, we don't like to talk about it, but there was a church split, right? And if you've gone, you know, I've, I've been in churches where I didn't know maybe the details of what happened, but when I was there, I could sense, like, something's off here. You know, the, the, the climate or the culture was kind of a little, little off. And so, again, understanding that and, and, and thinking about, too, what, what are we going to be viewed as or what are we going to be defined as for our culture? Because ultimately, culture is, is what has, has to change because that is what is long-term. And so... Today, you know, we're, in, we're talking about climate, and we're going to stay there uh, for this series, talking about our church climate. But ultimately, you go down deeper, and you get into the church culture. And again, every church has a culture, good, bad, or ugly. It's, it's there, and we want to eventually get into some of that. But for now, I just want to touch on climate, the climate of the church. And the climate of the church climate can be characterized by, again, sudden and temporary increase in the following, so it can be uh, uh, enthusiasm or apathy, right? Optimism or pessimism, ex excitement or indifference, anticipation or fear, receptivity or resistance, willingness or reluctance, openness or being closed, responsiveness or inflexibility. And so again, that's, that's kind of what can characterize the climate, the climate of the church. It can positively be influenced by some different things too, for example, um, if a new pastor or staff member comes in, right? You know, when I stepped in as the, the new senior pastor, there was, it's a shift in climate because it's, it's, there's a different senior pastor now. Um, sometimes if sudden spurts of growth, a new building, answered prayer, fresh vision, they can all impact climate and it can change things uh, for, for a season or for a time. And so, again, we want to pause here and we want to see, again, this, this climate that we're talking about, church climate, but then the culture as well. And the interesting thing this, this gentleman wrote as well was that problems oftentimes will arise, and I want you to catch this, will arise when climate change, right, in the church has taken place only, and, and it starts to happen, and it abruptly runs into what he said are the headwinds of culture change. So there are times when things might be shifting and things are happening, but when you start to touch or put a finger on shifting culture, Sometimes you can, you can kind of get some resistance, right? 
And it's, and it's hard. It's, it's challenging. Um, how many were around Thursday night and watched a certain game that was near and dear to my heart? The Detroit Lions took down the, de the defending Super Bowl champions. God answers prayer. <laughs> so I'm going to, it was funny, I was talking to somebody who used to the um, uh, O'Connell's, Patrick O'Connell, and he, him and I talked, and if he's watching, how you doing? He said, oh, I'm looking forward to hearing about the Lions on Sunday, because he knew that I was going to somehow weave it into the message, and I'm going to. But hopefully go with me. I know there's Bears fans, and who's going to win, Bears or Green Bay today? I mean, yeah. okay, just checking. Um, so I'll be watching just to see kind of how it goes uh, with our one win already. So, um, But you know what's interesting about the Detroit Lions is nothing. <laughs> who's, I need to know who said that, actually. Okay. Where are the ushers at? Where's my ushers? And now we're demonstrating how love works and walking with people that you disagree with. Um, but what happened in, in the Detroit Lions, and if you know Dan Campbell at all, our coach, but what he did is he came in and there had to be this culture change, right? It went below just a climate change. There had to be a culture. And what happened is a lot of players were let go. And those that were not on board or those that couldn't go where they wanted to go or they saw the team going um, eventually had to, to go. And they, they, they looked for certain players to bring in. They're not always looking for the best player, but it's a player that fits that culture, right? And so, and again, if, if you know, I know, I know we're going to jibber jaw back and forth about whatever the Lions and Bears and everybody else, but if you look at the Lions team, and I'm telling you this is a lifetime 47-year-old Lions fan watching through all the painful years, something is different this time. And what it is is they have gone and they have changed the culture. And it took hard work, and it's, 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 it's painful at times, but there was a commitment to see that change take place. And so understanding that for us as a church, too, we are moving and we have changed climate. There has been some culture change, but there, there is probably, well, there is going to probably be more. And, you know, and it may be difficult at times. And so, you know, again, you know, during times when we're talking about positive climate, you know, a congregation will typically readily embrace change that will not demand too much sacrifice for climate change. Um, it, it won't take something that's valued away or it requ requires significant behavioral change. If those things aren't being asked, then climate change happens. But to go deeper, then we have to start looking at what is, what is the level of our sacrifice, right? And I don't know about you, but the word sacrifice is not a, a, a fun word, is it? Sacrifice is really laying something down. To take something valued away, something that we maybe care about, even you know, our way of doing things. And that's for me too. It's not just about my way. It's, it's what does God want to do in this church and can we submit ourselves to that? And again, uh, maybe sometimes it's even just a behavioral change, what we're used to or what we've done. And maybe that needs to shift a little bit. Programs and things that we've done, uh, even since I've arrived, you know, we're always as a staff talking like, is this... Is this, you know, life-giving? Is this worth pouring ourselves into? And what is the return that we're expecting? What, is, what does God want to do? Change that creates deprivation or feelings um, that, that they're being, someone feels that they're being deprived of something they deserve or once enjoyed or, or change that expects sacrifice and new values, attitudes, paradigms, and behaviors requires culture change. 
And so next week, we're going to have the vision team up here, and they're going to come up, and they're going to present findings from what they've found. In the, in the, there's a community team and a church team. They've looked outside at the community. We've had a lot of like surveys out and received some data back. We've looked inside the church as well. And it's really going to be good and exciting, and I hope that you'll be able to attend and be a part of that as we prepare to launch into not just the fall, but to the years ahead of, of what we are going to be with our mission, vision, and values. If you're here this morning and a part of the vision team, would you stand real quick? I just want everybody to kind of see some of those that are, are a part of it. And give them, give them a hand. I know you don't... You guys can be seated, and I know that um, you, you, not everybody, you haven't seen all that's been done, but you're going to, some that's going to be rolled out next week, but they've put in, you know, weekends, they've put in a lot of hours out in the community, looking things in the church, and it's really been a, 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 quite a journey, and so it's, it's going to be um, a really good thing to be a part of, but I want you to now to hear what I'm about to say as well. You know, while all of these things that we're doing, all of the, the research, all of getting the feedback from the community is good and helpful... And it's going to cause a positive climate shift. But if we are to, to, again, to experience a lasting change in our culture of this church, then we must be committed to moving to deeper levels in our relationship with the Lord. And I hope, I hope you hear what I said. I hope you caught what I said because it comes back to our relationship with Christ. I think I... I think I've hit on this already, but I'm going to keep hitting on it because everything comes out of what? Out of that place, right? Otherwise, we are just, we're just like, you know, another business, yeah? Hey, this is what you're going to do. Okay, let's just do it and repeat it, and it'll eventually work. <laughs> but that's not what we're about. We're about living out of an overflow, out of a, an abundance of, in our relationship with Jesus that, that we walk in that, and then that is what spills out. Not the idea of like, hey, we're checking boxes and okay, I've got to do this and this and this for the Lord this week. Instead, our, our terminology, our phrase should be, I get to do something for the Lord this week. I get to be a part of what God is doing. And so beginning today and for the next few weeks, we're going to take a look at this easier C, as I call it, the climate rather than culture. And we'll get to the culture down the road, but with that thought in mind, again, and what climate is... We're going to, we put this other word with it, as, as the, the, the title up there says, change. How many love change? Huh? Yeah. Try, try changing a service time. That's always fun. <laughs> We've had to do that a couple times, and it's just, it never goes well. Nobody likes that. Like, why? Because we get, we're creatures of habit, aren't we? We get set, and, and you know, we might like some changes, but we, we, we like to be, to know what's going on. But the change of climate, or to change the change part of climate, it has to begin by recognizing that there is a need for change, right? We don't change just to change. There needs to be something warranted that, that there needs, something needs to change in the climate, or in the environment, in the climate around us. And there's this, this picture, this imagery of thermostat versus thermometer, right? Many of us walk through life and we're simply thermometers. We just reflect whatever is going on around us. But God is calling us to be thermostats. What is the difference? A thermostat, you set the temperature, and then with time, that temperature will, in the, in the space, will reflect what you've set that temperature to, right? 
And so we need to be thermostats. We need to be setting, again, the, the climate and to be able to change that. Many of us here in this room, you're probably thankful, again, that there is climate control, that there are thermostats in this room, keeping this room at, at a, a comfortable level, a comfortable temperature. And we have the opportunity to be either one, right? We have the opportunity to be either one, and so let's choose to be thermostats. And my hope, again, in that desire to be thermostats is that we want to be ones that set the climate and not the other way around. And that's, that's, that's in everything, in this church, and this is where, again, the vision values, all these things, is so that we're all set to the same thing. You know what the challenge is in this room is this, and you probably have way more information than you care to know, but I'm going to share it with you. There are two thermostats by the, in the back walls, and the problem is that sometimes one will get turned on, and if it is not set at the same temperature as the other one, guess what one does? They sit there, and they, they, they argue back and forth. And one is going to sit there, and if the one is not turned on or if it's really low or something, then the other one's going to run and run and run and trying to get the room while the other one's running or not running and, and kind of fighting against it. And the same thing happens in the church. Yeah? Come on. Because we all have our, our thermostat set to different places. We have it set to a number that we think is good for us. Frankly, I would have it like with icicles hanging in here in the summertime, you know? But we set it at a place that, you know, it, it's, it's for this, this place and for the, the kind of not the good of all, but, you know, we try to find that spot. But for us as a in our church climate, we have to make sure that we are all have the same setting or there begins to be this battle between one another. While changing climate might be easier than changing culture, it will still require a level of buy-in from each of us, right? And so I believe, church, that what God is calling to in the climate change that we're talking about today and that, that, that God wants to see and what I desire to see in our lives as a church is one that is conducive for a fresh move of the Holy Spirit. Well, what is, what is that, Pastor Dell? That's exactly what it, what it is. It's, it's that, that God would move, that we would create a space, right? Because here's the deal. Do you really believe, like, if there is infighting or disagreements, not that you're always going to just, you know, see things exactly the same way, but in our hearts, if we are divided against one another over whatever, how is God able to pour his spirit out? We, we sing these songs, and they're beautiful, right? We sang them this morning, and I hope that your heart was engaged with what you were saying out of your mouth. But how is God able to fill a place or a people to the point of overflowing, if there's any division or in something in our hearts against one another. God is, is looking and he calls us for that. He calls us to that, right? We went through the whole one another series and, and we talked about loving one another, right? And so walking that out and making sure our hearts are in the right place. You know, we spent three years now walking through the book of Acts and we're still not done and we observed the early church. And the interesting thing is they did not truly turn the world upside down, so to speak, until the Holy Spirit showed up and empowered them to do so. Think about that. These are, these are people that walked and knew Jesus, physical Jesus, in front of them. And they still, even with all that time they spent with him, with what they had observed, 
the experiences, the miracles, they had the sense and they knew that they needed to settle in and listen to what Jesus said and wait for the Holy Spirit to show up to empower them to accomplish the Great Commission. Not just the Great Commission, you know, and that, is the, that was Jesus' instruction, but what came with that is also that they could live in unity with each other. <laughs> yeah? You want to talk about opinions or stuff going on, I can't imagine in the early church when there really wasn't a script yet, and they're trying to figure things out. Yet they were still able to walk in unity with each other. Why? Because of the Holy Spirit and the work of the Holy Spirit, what he was doing in them and through them. And the fact that they were on mission. <laughs> Any military folks in here, you know, like when you're on mission, you don't got time to be squabbling with each other about silly things, right? You're on mission and you want to get out alive. <laughs> and so that's, that's kind of where we're at, where we're coming back to. And so let's take a couple of minutes now and get down to the heart level and let's push aside again, listen to me, push aside all the things that we should be doing. And I want to look now at the simple beauty of Jesus' invitation to each of us. And if you're comfortable enough, and I'm, I'm watching the door for you, if you can close your eyes for a moment. <laughs> and I want you to see Jesus in your mind, whatever, however he looks in your mind, I want you to see Jesus. And I want you to hear him speaking these words softly to you. I'm going to read from Matthew 11. And I want you to hear these words. Let these words do more than just register in your mind. But I want you to, to let them kind of wash over you for a moment. And this is Jesus talking. Listen to what he says. He says, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens. And I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart. And you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear. And the burden I give you is light. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your words to our heart this morning. Let it speak to us, Lord, and change us in Jesus' name. Amen. Listen to this again and, and think about what, what stands out. Come, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and let me teach you because I'm humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. That passage to me, and I think about my life. And there are times, and again, just this, as I shared this past month being away, like of being weary and heavy, carrying heavy burdens. And I believe that there's a lot of us in this room today that can identify with that place, right? You're tired. You're carrying stuff. Whatever that is. And here's this beautiful picture of Jesus. And he's inviting you to come to him, and, and he wants to take that burden from you. We, we, as followers of Christ, who know the truth, who know what it is to be in relationship with Jesus Christ, we should be walking in a place, not that we don't have difficult times, but in our heart, in our spirit, in our soul, we should have, again, this, this rest. When I came back from my time away, and that's what I told my wife, is like, I just, I'm just at peace in my spirit right now, in my heart. 
because I'd gotten away from that because I was so busy doing, doing a lot of great things, you know, good things, that I just didn't know what rest and what peace in my heart was. I lost it. (laughs) And so coming back to this place and even this picture of Jesus and this idea again that he says, let me teach you because I'm humble and gentle at heart and you will find rest for your souls. I don't know about you, but I need to hear that today. There's rest for your souls in Christ. And so I want to take that word rest. And what I'm going to do is this week and the next week, few weeks to come, because I, it's what pastors do. We create like, you know, little acronyms and things like that. And so I'm going to take that word rest and we're going to break it down, R-E-S-T. And this week, I want to begin our time, and, or not begin our time, but begin as we kick off this series with this idea of the, with the R, which is going to be, stand for relationship. I could give you all of them. I don't know if I want to, though. Are you guys going to come back next week if I tell you everything? Okay, I will. I like you. So the first one's relationship. The next one, which will be next week, is going to be expectation. The third one is surrender, and the fourth one is trust. Okay? Relationship, expectation, surrender, and trust. And so as we look at relationship today, as we're thinking about this idea of climate, and, and, and when we move through these also, it's, we're going to be talking primarily about relationship with God and how they apply, but also one to another. It's going to, right? Because we talked about it already. Guess what? We're in relationship with each other too, right? And so in John chapter 14, Um, 17 through 18, it says this, uh, Jesus again is speaking and he says, if you love me, obey my commandments, right? Pretty simple, (laughs) love and obey, right? For there's no other way. You guys remember that song? Happy in Jesus, to love and obey. But love and obey, we see it with our kids while we desire to see that with our children. They love us, they obey us, not just out of fear. Uh, If you love me, obey my commandments and I will ask the Father, And he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all the truth, all truth. And the world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. No, I will not abandon you as orphans. I will come to you. And so again, talking about relationship and we see Jesus and this promise and what a a great promise it is. Because Jesus is talking, again, about the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit will come, and he did. And I love that, too, that, that he's not going to abandon us as orphans, but that he will come to us. And so, again, pointing to the Trinity, you know, the Holy Spirit is the one who's dwelling with us now and in us. But, again, be, through the Holy Spirit, Jesus is present with us. And so Jesus, again, is, is promising this. And, and, again, we've not been left alone. So talking about relationship with God, number one, we, we need to first, we need to welcome him. You may ask, like, why do we sing songs at the beginning of the service? Or why do we sing so many songs or whatever it is? But we are inviting the Holy Spirit into our time together. We, I don't know about you, but I, I really, I'm happy all of you come here on a Sunday. But the most important person for me is that, that God himself would show up here. And so when we're singing and we're lifting our voices and our hearts to the Lord, it's to invite the Holy Spirit to, to be present and to, again, it says in the word, God's word that he inhabits the praises of his people. 
That's why we lift our voice, to bring our souls and our hearts together, but also to welcome the Lord. There must be this invitation extended and given, as again, the Holy Spirit, is, as many say, is a gentleman. He's, that God's not going to push his way into anywhere. We invite him in, right? We have to make room. <laughs> and just like in Revelation, in the picture of Jesus standing at the door knocking and waiting for the door to be opened, you know, we need to open that door so God may enter. And so I want to encourage us, and again, if this hurts a little bit, I want you to remember that what I said earlier, this may require sacrifice and behavior change, okay? That when we sing, you know, first, get here on time. Just keep looking at me. Nobody will know it's you. Get here on time. <laughs> I know that things happen, and man, I wish I could be late sometimes, but things happen. But, but make this a priority. Why, why do I say that, okay? I'm really not staring at anybody right now, just so you know. I'm just going to keep moving my eyes, because I don't want you to think I'm speaking directly to you, but maybe I am. Just stick around, it's only going to get better. Listen, when we come rolling in here with our hair on fire and everything else and rushing in, where is our, where's our heart at in that moment? Are we at peace? Are, we, are things settled and we're just like, you know, we've been communing with the Lord, you know, while we're, you know, breaking the speed limit or whatever or dodging the cops or the road was closed and bicyclists, God bless those people, you know? Um, <laughs> trying to nudge them all the way to the church, you know, just the whole way. But you have to build in that margin. So why? So you come in. Why? Come in. What if, what if we came in here with the attitude of worship, where we're already, our hearts, we've already been communing with the Lord. And again, I'm not saying everything has to go exactly perfect, because Lord knows it will not. But in our heart, we've already spent time that morning. We've, we come into this place ready to worship. What if we came in, in in the morning, and again, nothing wrong with hanging out and chatting and stuff and grabbing your coffee. What if we came in just a little bit early, and we sat down, and we spent time praying? Not just for God and for, I mean, for God to meet us, but what if we prayed for other people? What if we looked across the room at somebody else that's sitting there, maybe somebody that's new, and you came up and sat next to him and said, hey, is there something I could pray with you about? No? Okay. Well, then let's just pray for the service and the people that are on their way here, that God would minister to them. What would happen or what would our service look like? I just... It's, it's my heart, it's my desire, and as your pastor, I want you to hear my heart, is, is I want God's, in this moment, it's, it's a short moment. You think about all the hours in a week. Is there any mathematicians? What do we got? How many hours in a week? Somebody knows. How many? 168? 168 hours in a week. We're going to go with that. 168 hours. Our service is what? Hour and a half? For now? Three hours soon? No, just kidding. Trust me, the time, I, I, got, I got you the time. An hour and a half out of 168 hours of the week, we, got, we gather together. So I just want to encourage you, and I want to challenge you. Listen, if you leave today and just it's just on repeat again, like, well, that was really sweet, Pastor Dell. Your words were touching. <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> do it. Do it. And just see what God might do, Right? Because we're trying to change climate. So again, we, we welcome him. Number two, we worship him, right? We welcome him, but also we worship him. And it's not just song. That's not worship. Worship is, again, giving our lives. 
I've already said the scripture's teaching about God inhabiting the praises of his people. There's something about genuine worship that causes God to show up in a powerful way. It's, it's not, again, just what we say or sing with our lips. It's an obedient life. And so when we're living our life and we're, we're, we're in the world and, and you know, going through our, our day-to-day stuff at work or with our families, you know, we can do so in a way that's a life of worship to the Lord. Is it giving? Yes, yeah, sure it is. <laughs> that's part of it, you know. That's, it's giving of, our, of what God has given us. You know, that we're supposed to be faithful in our giving here as well. But it comes so much, it's so much deeper than just our, our wallets or our purses. It's, it's really in our heart, isn't it? Because we're giving, we're, we're worshiping the Lord. We worship with our song, you know, when we sing and we lift our voices. We worship the Lord in our relationships as we respect and love one another and care for one another and walk in, in unity. We worship the Lord again with our talents and our time. Probably the greatest resource we have is, is our time and where we spend it and choose to spend it. That's one of the things coming out of this retreat time. I, I've had to learn the word no. <laughs> because I want to I want to please everybody. I really do. Well, maybe except for about two people. <laughs> but I really want to please people and I want to meet, but there's just limitations that I have. And so, again, we have to understand, though, that our life, as we live it, is, is worship to the Lord. And the last one, number three, is, is simply uh, we had w- welcome him, worship him, and then walk with him. John chapter 3, verse 6 through 8, it says, Jesus speaking again, to which that which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear its sound, but you, you, not, you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. And so it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. And so while we can't see the Holy Spirit with our physical eyes, we can sense the effect of his presence. And there's this thing in church, where the church world, it's, there's things within the church that's, and it is kind of, it's bad. There's a lot of places that they call it emotionalism, right? And that's this idea, you know, if you play the right notes on the, the keys and you get that sound and dim the lights a little bit and turn on the air conditioning a little bit, you can sense this emotion that maybe isn't God. But the problem is this, or the, the challenge. When God shows up with his presence, you can understand and bet that, that he's given us emotions. <laughs> and that's why sometimes, I mean, you all are facing me. I see you, but most people don't see. But there are times when we're seeing or when, we're, when I'm praying for you or when I'm preaching and I see people and there's tears coming down their eyes. Do you think that's emotionalism? No, that's God's presence. That's God moving and ministering and moving and speaking through his word and changing someone's heart and dealing with a deep issue. And there's a response. (laughs) And so I want us to be careful not to just write everything off that, oh, that's emotional, and so we can't have any emotion in a service. We need to understand and and we we need to see from what Jesus is saying here, again, that is born of the spirit, that that we understand that there's this, the, the spirit is moving. And much like a sailboat can either find, fight the wind or it can go with the wind and where it is blowing by orienting its sail to the right place to harness its power. Yeah? And that's when God's presence is moving. And we can either be aware of it or we cannot. Right? We can either sit there and our sail's the wrong way and it's blowing us backwards or not blowing us at all and it's just it's down. Or we can get it oriented right and we begin to move where God wants us to. Where is the Spirit of God wanting to carry you today? 
What places might the Holy Spirit be wanting to carry us to, but we are too stubborn to position our sail properly? Maybe speaking to that unsaved coworker, finally forgiving that family member, serving faithfully in that ministry at church, giving financially at a level that is sacrificial and uncomfortable, surrendering our desire for what we know the Lord is asking of us. Where is God wanting to, to take us to today? And so we come back to this place of relationship, welcoming him, worshiping him, and walking with him. And again, from the place of our relationship with the Lord, we can then walk well in relationship with others. We love, right? <laughs> Don't ever love what? God and others. It starts with God. And as we love the Lord and he fills us, then we're, we have the capacity to love one another. Did you know that love cannot exist in a vacuum? That's one of the things why, you know, it, it also comes around and supports the, the idea of the Trinity. How could love, how could God be love if there was nothing to put his affection or his love to? Right? Love has to exist in community. Love God and others. And we also do what? We live life in what? In relationship. With God and with others. As we prepare to wrap up today and the worship team can start making their way up. As we continue to move forward in the weeks ahead and we talk about this idea of change and changing our climate here at this church. This part's highlighted, by the way, really bright and like, so I want you to pay attention. Listen, I want you to understand that for tip, for typically for, for change to occur, there must be enough discomfort or dissatisfaction to get us to long towards something better. You know, when I was deployed overseas, and again, you're, you eat things, just stuff like at the, the the cafeteria over there and the food's okay <laughs> but you get to the point where you're just like well that was a good okay today food it's not great you would never pay money for it but in that setting and you just get used to it there's a good okay and a bad okay but then when you come home right and i you know, when I was married to Liana and, and letting her know, hey, I'm coming home, and she's always asking, so what, what is your first meal that you want? What, and it never was going out. I wanted her to make something, right? Usually pork shoulder. Puerto Rican style. And man, that was, it would just, and it was never a rush, right? It just like, I would sit there for an hour and a half. Smelling, tasting. And just being in that moment. Why? Because I came to this place and I, I'd forgotten like just how amazing and good. And it was something so much better than what I'd been eating for all of those years. <laughs> and I'm here to tell you today, church, listen, all of you here, all of you watching online, there's something better. There's something better. And it's not, again, we're okay. <laughs> and we may even be pretty good in some areas or some places at times, but 
But God wants us to go deeper. God's calling us and he's, he's inviting us to step in to this place towards something better. And the problem is, is this, is, is that this discomfort and dissatisfaction, if sometimes we don't want to stop or we don't realize that it's, you know, we're just not dissatisfied because we haven't compared it to something else or we don't know because we've been in something for so long. And so I want to invite you to, to just let God show you, give you a taste of where he might want to bring you today. And so here I want to speak to three types of people in this room. And again, this is, this is it. This is, I want you to lock in just for these moments as we prepare to wrap up. For those here who know the Lord and have experienced a genuine encounter with the risen Jesus, I want to reawaken within you the beauty of simply being in that relationship with Jesus Christ. If you had a genuine conversion experience at some point in your life, and you remember how God stepped in and changed you, and again, a lot of times, depending on your background and what he saved you from, makes that moment very significant. And the sweetness of just Jesus as he entered your life as Lord. Okay, I, I want to see that reawakened. Number two, the second person that may be sitting in this room is maybe for those of you who have yet to make that profession of faith. I hope to, to have painted today for you on the what could be. <laughs> that there's a place, that there's, there's someone out there, uh, the, the creator of this universe who loves you, who loves you to the point that he sent himself as Jesus walked this earth to die on the cross so that you may have life. And have life what? More abundantly. Church, listen to me today. We can just get lulled to sleep. We're supposed to be living life and life more abundantly. And if you haven't yet made that profession, that is what is on the table today. That is the invitation being extended to you today by your creator. Will you accept to step in and to know God and to be fully known? And finally, I want those of you who fall, there's one more category. You may be thinking like, what's the other? Listen to me. For those of you who have grown up in the church, I was one of those. I've been in the church my whole life. And found your relationship today with the Lord to have left you wanting. I would dare say that perhaps you may have committed to something far less than authentic relationship with Jesus Christ. As I see more and more people walk away from the church or, you know, maybe they were raised in the church and they've departed. And again, you may be getting it wrong right now. And I remember when I went to college and I drifted for a season, like I said, I couldn't even enjoy sin. I was so mad. Because I would fall into sin and, and while I would make those mistakes, it wasn't even enjoyable <laughs> to its fullest because I knew where the truth was. I knew who had life, and that was Jesus and my relationship with him. And so if you're in that place today and, and you've, you've not experienced or you're just kind of like, whatever, yeah, Jesus, then I want to reintroduce you <laughs> to a God who loves you and who cares for you. Would you bow your heads? Father God, I thank you, Lord, for this moment. I thank you for this morning and this time and this message and these people, these beautiful people who are created in your image. God, I thank you as you invite us, not into just knowing you, but God, into relationship with you. 
And God, the beauty of that, as, as you have designed us, Lord, not to walk this earth alone, but to be in relationship. And again, first and foremost, that relationship with you is critical, but also so that we can walk in relationship to one another. And so God, I pray for us, for Long Grove Community Church, that we would truly live out of our relationship with you, that we would begin to set a, a climate in here that is built on a relationship with the living God that we know you, that we can sense, Lord God, your presence and your leading. And God, we even take moments in a conversation or, or as we're talking to somebody or ministering, Lord, just to be aware of what you might want to do or say. God, that you would lead us and guide us and that, God, you would pour life, Lord, into this congregation, your life. And God, that we would truly know what it is to walk with you in relationship. And God, that would be visible. That would be the testimony, Lord God, to the world around us. God, help us, Lord. We need you. <laughs> God, we need you. Forgive us, Lord, where we've tried to satisfy hungers for, for, for that, that relation, that, that, that place that only you can fill. We've tried to fill it with things, with things of this world, with, with other relationships and, and stuff, Lord God. But it all falls short knowing you and to be known by you. Thank you, Lord, for speaking to our hearts today and that it would lead to change. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Would you stand?